This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. So let's just open our hearts to the Lord. I have a word tonight um, that God gave me this afternoon. And yes, it is geared towards women because it is Mother's Day. But that does not mean that you gentlemen cannot receive it as well, okay? I want to talk about how a godly woman can change destinies. And I have a lot of examples um, that I'm going to give you to show you that. But yeah, let's just open our hearts to the Lord right now. God, we thank you for your word, God. Jesus, I ask that... You will use my mouth as just your vessel tonight, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, that you will help me minister your word to your people, God. And that we will not leave the same, God. And you will touch your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Before I get started, I wanted to um, say something that God had put on my heart. I really feel like something we need to be asking him as a people is for new encounter. You know, I mean, we've all had encounters of some kind. I had one in February right there on the floor that rocked my world. The students will probably remember I was there crying on the floor for probably an hour and a half. I went through a fire tunnel that we had at Jesus School with uh, Todd White and Stephanie Gretz and Michael. And it was bananas that day. Uh, And I was hungry, too. So I went through the fire tunnel and just, man, I, I... got rocked, and maybe soon I'll share about everything the Lord showed me, but I had a face-to-face encounter, and it's the first I've ever had that intense, and it it rocked me completely. But what I realized, if if you try to live off of old encounter, you quickly lose the fire, you do. You lose the fire. Because I noticed in even my own life, I was like, oh, man, that was only February. But I feel like I didn't steward that well, God. And I feel like I need a new encounter. Like, I can't just get by by what you did a few months ago. I need something fresh every day, Jesus. I need you to touch me again. And I really feel like that's for us tonight. Like, God wants to visit you in a fresh way. And he doesn't want you to just remember the old encounter. That's why the manna came down every day, right? Like, that's why it's daily bread, as we've said before. You cannot live off of last year and last year's encounter, even yesterday's encounter. You need something new every day. And I feel like if you just ask the Lord, I mean, I sat before him today, and I was tired. And Michael, he's in Dallas, by the way, with our upper room family. So he's, yeah, he's probably preaching right now as I'm preaching, so... He misses you guys, and he'll be back next week, of course. But, um, you know, it was Mother's Day, and I was just tired, and we had our partner breakfast yesterday, and graduation last week from Jesus School. Oh, that makes me still so sad. Um, Yes, but a lot of them are coming back for second year, which is amazing. Yeah. Oh, I think I, like, cried the whole time. Um, but just so much going on. So I've just been tired and I sat down today with the Lord and I was with him for hours. And it was like one of those things like, God, I can't leave this room until you touch me. Like I can't get off this couch. I can't just put my time in and be like, okay, check off the box. It's a busy day. It's mother's day. I should relax and go to the spa or get my nails done. It was like, no, you have to touch me. You have to, like, I, I'm trying to remember my encounter from February and it's, it's, 
My memories, you know, you can't remember things that well. I was like, you have to touch me today. And I just had a wonderful day with Jesus, but I didn't give him no for an answer. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes you have to get to the point with the Lord where you're like, I'm not leaving until you touch me. So if I have to sit here all day long, I'm going to do it because I'm hungry for you. I'm hungry for a new encounter from you. I needed it today for my, just for my, I, I didn't even, I mean, without that, I don't, why? I don't want to even be up here if I don't have a fresh encounter from the Lord, you know? I need him. And without him, I'm the worst version of myself. I'm horrible. <laughs> I really am. Um, but, you know, you're mean and you're, you're, you're just, you're, you get tired. Life just goes by. And I was like, you have to touch me, Jesus. So I just started reading old books and singing old songs and reading the Bible and just enjoying the Lord. And, man, he filled me up. He just, he met me right where I was. But it was like... I'm, I'm going to give you not just an hour, not just two hours. I need to give you my day. I need to give you my day. So I really challenge you, um, if you're feeling just like, man, it's been like this. Some days are like this. Some days are like that. That was a great day. This was a bad day. Just get before the Lord and just pour out your heart to him. You just talk to him just like I'm talking to you right now. I was like, Lord, I'm tired. I don't really feel like I have anything to give tonight. I wish Michael was home. I wish that I could sleep a little bit more. I was, I was, I'm tired, I, but I need you to touch me. I just need you to come into my room and let me know that you're here. And he always does. Whenever you turn your affection towards him, he doesn't ignore you because he's a good and loving father. So you just have to turn your affection towards him and give him time. You have to give him time because you can't just go in and, and read your devotional and jump out and keep going along your day and get busy. I've done that before. It doesn't work. <laughs> it just, you don't, you don't leave burning and you don't leave renewed. So I challenge you, if, he, if it's been a while since you've encountered him, go after him this week like never before. Go after him. Ask him for a new encounter to visit you afresh. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Um, so to start this off, I wanted to talk about Deborah. We're going to go to Judges 4. Was that funny? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> joking. Judges 4. And I'm going to kind of skip around a little bit, but um, we're going to start at verse 1. Okay, so the Israelites had been doing evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord turned them over to King Jabin. And the commander of his army was Sisera. Sisera... He oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help. So I'm in Judges chapter 4. I'm in verse 4. Deborah was a prophet who was judging Israel at that time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah. I'm going to jump a little bit. And the Israelites would go to her for judgment. Verse 6. One day she sent for Barak. She said to him, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Call out 10,000 warriors, verse 7. And I will call out Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, along with his chariots and warriors. There I will give you victory over him. So here she was calling him out and telling him, you will have victory. If Deborah didn't speak those words, they would have not had the victory. The Lord used her to call him out and speak the victory that the Lord was wanting to give to them. Barak told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. 
Very well, she replied. I will go with you, but you will receive no honor in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. Now, I don't know if you know that culture, but that's, that's kind of a big deal, right? But this was the boldness that Deborah carried, that, and he knew, he saw this on her. She called him out, but she, he knew, I need you to go with me, and so I can have the victory. But he didn't care about the honor, he just wanted the victory, and Deborah called that out. Verse 14, then Deborah said to Barak, get ready, she's speaking, she's a prophet, Get ready, this is the day the Lord will give you victory over Sisera, for the Lord is marching ahead of you. Verse 15, when Barak attacked, the Lord threw Sisera and all of his chariots and warriors into a panic. Okay, I want you to see that Barak had to take action before the Lord started to throw the enemy into a panic, right? So sometimes we want God just to do something on our behalf, but he's waiting for you to take a step. He's waiting for someone to call out your destiny like Deborah did here. And then he needs you to act. And this is what happened here. So as soon as he acted, as soon as he took a step, the Lord came and confused the enemy. So you have to do something. You have to walk by faith. It's not going to just happen for you. Sisera leaped down. So, okay, so we'll go back. When Barak attacked, the Lord threw Sisera and all his chariots and warriors into a panic. So Sisera leaped down from his chariot chariot and escaped on foot. Then Barak chased the chariots and the enemy's army all the way, killing all of Sisera's warriors. Not a single one was alive. Meanwhile, Sisera ran to the tent of Jael, the wife of Haber. If I said some of those words wrong, don't judge. Michael's not here. He can't tell me how to say him right. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> True story. Um, Haver's family was on friendly terms with King Jabin. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, come into my tent. So they were on friendly terms, but she knew God's plan. So she tells the, the, the soldier that got away, just come into my tent. Verse 21, but when Sisera fell asleep from exhaustion, Jael quietly crept up to him with a hammer and a tent peg in her hand. Then she drove the tent peg through his temple and into the ground, and so he died. Verse 22. I know that's intense, but hey. When Barak came looking for Sisera, Jael went out to meet him. She said, come, and I will show you the man you are looking for. So he followed her into the tent and found Sisera lying there dead. Verse 23. So on that day, Israel saw God defeat Jabin, the Canaanite king, And from that time on, Israel became stronger and stronger. So there were two women here here that God used, right? So if that woman in the tent didn't take her authority and fight for the Lord, Israel would not have had the victory, okay? So God uses sometimes, he uses men and women, but right now we're talking about women specifically. He uses people to accomplish his plan. That's how he works. And if you have faith and go out, and obey God, you will have the victory. You will have the victory. And I love how the gentleman, my mind's going blank right here. I forgot his name. Anyways, how he, Cesera, didn't have too much pride to let a woman speak into his life, right? Sometimes we, we think that we know it all. Here he was. He was, he was the commander. He was powerful. He was in charge. He, 
And he let a woman speak into his life, and he listened, and he trusted that God was using her, and they had the victory. Yeah, a woman full of faith in the Lord can shift the destiny of an entire nation. That completely changed the entire destiny of Israel. They had the victory. Yeah, I think sometimes as women, we feel just if we're not up here with a microphone, that we don't have influence, and that's not true. Your prayers can completely change the destinies of people. They can completely change they, just your prayers, even for your children. If God uses them for his glory, which he should and he wants to, your prayers alone can completely shift their destiny. Be a praying mom. It's so important. I mean, yeah, it's an honor to stand up here, and I'm very honored. But how I treat my kids at home and how I serve Michael and and just that to me is really the backbone of everything. Because if I have a pulpit and a microphone, but my kids aren't serving the Lord, then what good did I do? I don't feel like I was the kind of mother I should have been. So you, you don't have to be up here to have influence. You can be behind the scenes, hidden but when you speak life, you have influence over things that you have no idea that you have influence over. So just be faithful. Yeah, now we're going to go. Yeah, I also wanted to say this. Jail wasn't a warrior, but she took action. She took action. She was not a warrior. This was not something that she had ever done before, but she was not afraid. She was not afraid, and she took action and trusted the Lord. All right, let's go to Judges 5, verse 7. There were few people left in the villages of Israel until Deborah arose as a mother for Israel. So, yeah, God is calling out mothers. He's looking for mothers right now. He's looking for people to be faithful when there's no one that wants to, to call people out and speak into people's destinies. He really is. Like this is the season right now where he's looking for faithful mothers that live pure and devoted life before the Lord. I have a friend and she goes, she's a part of a very popular movement. And she's a mother for sure in this movement. And I asked her, I said, how did you become a mother in this movement? Like what did you do to make yourself a mother? Like you're, you're such a mother. And she said, when I came around, I needed a mother. I needed someone to encourage me and tell me I was doing okay. I needed someone to, like, root me, root me on, but I never got that. I didn't get that from my own mother. I didn't get it from women in the environment I was a part of. She goes, so I told the Lord, I'll be that mother. I'll be that mother to people. If you put me in this environment, then I'm sure there's other girls that need a mother. So God is looking for people that will just say yes and be a mother that people need to be mothered. They just do. It's as simple as a hug sometimes or just just praying over somebody. It's something as simple as saying, I'm praying for you. It, it can change. It can just change the entire destiny of someone's life. You know, Michael's with Michael Miller right now from Upper Room, and he shared this publicly, so I feel like I can share it. But he had an amazing encounter a couple of years ago. Upper Room, as you know, has exploded over the last couple of years, right? We've been friends with him for a while, Upper Room in Dallas. And he got done preaching, and a mother in their movement just came up to him and said, I'm so proud of you. That's all she said. I'm so proud of you. And he fell on the ground and had a full-blown encounter from just that word, just from an older lady in the movement that just went up to him and said, I'm so proud of you. Your words carry so much weight. 
Don't underestimate the value of your encouragement to people. We need it. Daughters and sons, we need your encouragement. We really do. Let's talk about Esther. (laughs) We all know Esther. If she didn't take her authority, that nation would not have been saved. The Lord set everything up. Yes, it was God's perfect plan. But Esther had a choice to do it or not, right? And God could have found somebody else, but he laid it all out for her. And she had the choice to say, I'm going to walk in my authority that you gave me, Jesus, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go, and I'm not going to fear death. I'm not going to fear man, because she could have died, but she did it anyways. You have to have that kind of faith. Like, God sets us up in life. He gives us opportunities, and he gives us moments. And Esther knew her moment, and she took it, and she, she completely shaped an entire destiny of all the Israelites. She knew her moment, and she had authority. Exodus 1, 15 through 17. Don't you love mothers? Yes. We need fathers too, though. We need it all. So verse 15, Exodus 1. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives. Verse 16. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If it's a baby boy, kill them. Verse 17, but because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders, and they allowed the boys to live. Yeah, we don't really talk about these women very much, but if they didn't fear the Lord and if they feared their lives, they saved so many children by obeying God. They shifted destinies, these women alone. These were women, two women that feared the Lord. Just feared the Lord. That's all they did. They feared the Lord, and they did not fear their own life or what Pharaoh would do to them if they got caught. They refused to obey that, and they obeyed God, and they saved so many people. Let's go to Joshua 2. Joshua 2. We're going to start at verse 1. Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp. He instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab. Verse 2. But someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab. Bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, Yes, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. Actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them beneath bundles of flax she had laid out. We're going to skip to verse 8. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk with them. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. And then we're going to go down to the end of verse 11. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above the earth below. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. So not only did she help 
the Lord's plan succeed, she actually helped the whole future of her own family by trusting the Lord. She, she was a prostitute, but we read about her in the Bible because her obedience to the Lord changed not only her life, but it changed the life of her family. She was obedient and trusted God. She shifted the destiny. She shifted the destiny of the Israelites, and she helped. So it doesn't matter what background you come from. You can change lives. It doesn't matter who you are or what you come from. You could come from the worst situation, but if you trust in the Lord and lean on him and obey, you can change lives. You really can. We're going to go to Acts 16. I love reading the word. I really do. Ugh. Acts 16, we're going to talk about Lydia. (laughs) That's my daughter's friend's name. She's like, Lydia. So let's go to verse 13. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to the riverbank, where we thought, this is Paul, where we thought... We would see people that would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some woman who had gathered there. One of them was named Lydia, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She was baptized along with her other members of her household. And she asked us to be her guest. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. I love that last part. She wouldn't take no for an answer. She's like, you're coming to my house, and there's no no. You're coming to my house. What I love about Lydia, first of all, she was one of the first converts that we know to Christianity, right? That's amazing. She was baptized along with her household. So the way I saw that is she had to be a leader because it, it highlights Lydia. She was baptized along with her household. So her obedience to God changed her entire household. It's amazing. We know she was wealthy because it says so. But she was giving and hospitable. So sometimes you, you can change lives just through your generosity and your being hospitable. That it really is a gift. When you open up your home to others and open up your heart and you give, you can, Lydia was mentioned by Luke in the Bible. I mean, clearly there was something on her life that was important enough for Luke to make mention of her in the Bible. And we know that she was generous and she was very hospitable and she was obedient and she was one of the first people to convert to Christianity. Lydia changed everything in her whole family. She, she was known as someone that the disciples looked at as giving and hospitable, and that changed everything, just that alone. Bathsheba. I, there's so many that I'm not even going to get to touch on that are in the Bible, which I wish I could, but there's, if you just start studying this, it's fascinating how God uses women. It's really amazing. Bathsheba, 1 Kings 1, verse 11. Then Nathan went to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, and asked her, Haven't you heard that Haggis' son, Adoniah, had made himself king, and our Lord David doesn't even know about it? If you want to save your own life and the life of your son Solomon, follow my advice. 
Go at once to King David and say to him, My lord the king, didn't you make a vow and say to me, Your son Solomon will surely be the next king and will sit on the throne? Verse 15. So Bathsheba went into the king's bedroom. Verse 16. Bathsheba bowed down before the king. What can I do for you? He asked her. She replied, My lord, you made a vow before the Lord your God when you said to me, Your son Solomon will surely be the next king and will sit on my throne. But now instead, Adoniah has made himself king, and my lord, the king, does not even know about it. Let's do verse 20. And now, my lord, the king, all Israel is waiting for you to announce who will become king after you. If you don't act now, my son Solomon and I will be treated as criminals as soon as my lord, the king, has died. Now let's go to verse 29. As the king repeated his vow, as surely as the Lord lives, who has rescued me from every danger, your son Solomon will be the next king and will sit on my throne this very day, just as I vowed to you before the God of Israel. So her persistence changed the whole destiny of who was king, right? Could you imagine if we didn't have King Solomon, right? He's one of the most well-known kings that we read about in the Bible, But her persistence, her holding on to the word of God, the vow that King David gave, she was the one that went and said, wait a second, like if you don't act now, the wrong son is going to become king and God's will is not going to happen. That's what a mother can do. Yeah, she knew. She spoke God's plan into existence unapologetically. That's amazing to me that she did that, honestly. Can't even imagine if we didn't have King Solomon. Let's go to Mary Magdalene. We know all about her life. She was a prostitute, but she was a lover of Jesus. She was one of the last ones to leave Jesus at the cross. I love Mary. If there's probably any woman in the Bible I want to be like, it's Mary Magdalene, honestly. I always say, I don't want to be like Deborah. Be like this, Esther. Make me like a Mary. Because when I think of Mary, I think of someone who went so low, so low, and gave Jesus her everything. She was a trusted friend of Jesus. She was the first to see Jesus after his resurrection. Out of all the people, she was the first to see him. He revealed himself to her. Mary's love for Jesus has shaped what it means to be a deep lover of Jesus. When you think of someone who lives a life fully devoted to Jesus Christ, you think of Mary of Magdalene. This was a prostitute. This was someone that society had no time for and would just look like a piece of dirt. But Jesus saw greatness in her, and he loved her, and she repented and gave her all to Jesus. And now we read about Mary, and she helps shape the lives of girls like me and people like you that say, I want to be like that. I want to be like a Mary. I want to be someone that sits at your feet and pours it all out, pours out my love on you, and just sits at your feet and loves you. This is Mary, a prostitute. She's shaped She's, cha- she's shaped all of Christianity. I mean, where would Eric Gilmore be in preaching without Mary Magdalene? I'm just joking. That's all he preaches. I love it. That's what I love about Eric. All he-, he preaches about Mary so beautifully. I mean, she has completely shaped the way we think about a lover of Jesus. When we think of that, we think of Mary. She's, she's just a woman that was fully devoted to Jesus. That's all you have to be. You don't have to be anything special. You don't have to be someone that society esteems and holds in big value. You just have to be someone that will fully yield and give your everything to Jesus. That's all you have to be. You don't have to have money. You could be poor. You could be disliked. You could be treated like a dog. But if you love Jesus, you're powerful and you can change the world. 
You really can. You can change the world. That's what he's looking for. Laid down lovers. And that was Mary. That was Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Of course, we're going to talk about Mary, right? The mother of Jesus. Luke 1. Jesus, make us like Mary. Make us like Mary, Jesus. Luke 1, verse 28. We all know the story, but it's good to read it every now and then. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. So the fact that she was afraid and confused mean that this was not common for Mary. She didn't see angels every day. She was confused and afraid. It's probably never happened to her before, most likely. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. So she wasn't this like powerful, like, hear me roar. This was someone that was like, what is going on? Who is this? I mean, she was a shy, probably timid person by the way that we hear her in this passage. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Verse 34, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. This is the part, that this is what I love about Mary. Verse 38, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Now she had a choice in that moment. She could have said, oh, I don't want this. But it was like, whatever it is, Lord, let it be. I'm, I'm your yielded vessel. And Mary, I mean, my gosh, she carried the son of God. How it doesn't get, I mean, I don't even have to put some sprinkles on that. It doesn't get better than that, right? But she was, she was someone that was like, yes, Lord, I'm listening. Do what you want. I'm a virgin. It doesn't make sense. But okay, you said it, so be it. That was the heart that Mary had. And, and look at what her life has done. She carried the Son of God in her womb. Let's go to Luke 2.19. I love this verse. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. This tells me that Mary was a woman of prayer. She was a woman that pondered on things. This was not, this was not just someone that, she didn't let things go in. When she saw all this happen with the Lord, when she saw the wise men travel all this way, she didn't just let it come and go. She didn't say, oh, wow, this angel came to me. That's amazing. I'm, it wasn't like that. She pondered it. She was deep. She was deep. And she was a woman of prayer. By that verse alone, I know that she was a woman of prayer. We have to really, God speaks to us. He speaks to us all, women and men. But he's looking for people that will ponder what he says and keep it in their heart and not let it go. Like if God has promised you something, if he's spoken to you about something, don't just let it go. You need to ponder that and hold on to it. And think of it often, often. There's a reason why we all love to go back, like Michael and I and a lot of our friends. We go back and read through old prophetic words and dreams and all these things because I don't want to let those things go. I want to hold them in my heart. I want to ponder them often because I don't want to treat it as common. It's not common. So Mary was a woman of prayer. I like this, too, about Mary. John 2, verse 1. 
You guys aren't falling asleep on me, right? Yay. John 2, verse 1. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivity, so Jesus' mother told him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. <laughs> that makes me laugh. That, like, I see the humanity in Jesus in that verse. I'm like, dear woman, no, leave me alone, mom. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. So this is what that tells me about Mary, too. She was the one that pulled out that first miracle in Jesus, his mom. She was the one that said, okay, no, no, no. I know that you don't think your time has come, but I know what God has told me about you. And I've pondered that in my heart and I'm pulling it out of you. I love that verse. I don't know why that never spoke to me before until today. I was like, oh, I love that. So Mary was not just this, oh, Mary, like she was an amazing woman of God. You know, she really was. She was an amazing woman of God. That was a woman of prayer. And Jesus' first miracle, turning water into wine, it happened because his mother came, like all mothers do, and basically say, do it. And your kids do it. Even when they say, leave me alone, mom, like Jesus did right there, which I love that too. It was like, no, no, she actually pulled that into happening. And now we have that as his first miracle, which is beautiful. Beautiful. So, so mothers especially, you have deep influence in the lives of your children. You really do. You really, I mean, man, I haven't been a mother for long, and I know I don't know it all. I don't, my oldest is 13. But, man, if I could be anything in my children's life, I want to be a godly praying mother. I really do. Like, I, I, I want them to think I'm a hard worker. I want them to think I'm great, all that. But I really want them to think I'm a godly mother that loves them and that will be on my face before the Lord praying for them day in and day out. That's what I want them to think of when they think of their mom. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. My, my own mother in my life, you know my story. I was backslidden, and I wasn't serving God, and my dad had completely given up on me. He had no more faith for me, and he's a faith man, so that's really funny because he had faith for everybody else. But with me, he lost faith. And I remember one day, they tell me this story often, he was getting ready and he said to my mom, I'm just done. I've given up on Jess. I, I, I've been praying for her for years and years and years, and she's not coming around. And my mom grabbed him and said, where's your faith, Benny? You have faith for everybody else. It's time to have faith for your daughter. And she believed. She used to go in my room and lay on it when I was gone out partying at nighttime and just intercede and pray for me. She really did. She would call me sometimes in the middle of the night and I was doing stuff I shouldn't have been doing. And I would lie and say that I was at a friend's house sleeping over. But I wasn't at a friend's house sleeping over. I was out partying. And she would call in the middle of the night and say, Jess, the Lord just woke me up. And I don't know what you're doing, honey, but please don't do it. Many times that happened to me. Many times. I've never forgotten that. But that's a praying mother. A praying mother. Not a perfect mother, but a praying mother. Michael's mom. I want to honor her the same when Michael was a kid, she used to say things to him like, you will, you will speak to men and women of God and you will change destinies. You will be put before kings and queens and God's going to use you in your favorite. It made no sense in the natural. Michael was not that guy. His biggest fear was public speaking. 
True story. He actually failed a class almost because he would not ever do his presentations. He was afraid to speak, but the Holy Spirit makes you different, right? So she would call that out on him. These are women behind the scenes. My dad's mom was the same way. All, most men of God or women of God, there's always a praying parent behind them. And if you don't have a praying mother, then hopefully you have a praying father because the prayers of parents can completely change destinies. You have to start calling things out for what they are. Speak into destinies. Even if it doesn't look that way, speak into things as they're not. You need to, I really, this is what I feel from the Lord. This is really, and, and, I, and I say it in love. But I'm, I'm, I'm asking for a generation of women to, to really live dedicated lives before the Lord and give their all to Jesus. Just give your all to Jesus. Men too. But I, this woman, it's Mother's Day, so I thought I'd keep it nice and focus on a woman. But I'm, I'm asking, I'm a girl, and I have a daughter. We need, we need women that will be fully committed and yielded to the Holy Spirit. We need that again. We really do. We really do. We need you. Our sons and daughters need that right now. Yeah, hardworking mom. The mom that maybe is in the background and nobody sees and she doesn't get the praises of man and nobody knows her name. But man, she's praying daily for you. She's praying daily. Her prayers are actually shifting your destiny. And like I said, there were so many other women in the Bible. You can go through it yourself. I mean, Ruth, we didn't even touch Ruth. I mean, my goodness, there's so many in here. But it's not about women or man. It comes down to one simple thing. If you're obedient and if you're zealous after the Lord, he will shift nations through your life. Just one. All he needs is one. He doesn't need a tribe. He doesn't need an army. He just needs one yielded vessel. Just one. And he can change everything. He can change everything. And maybe you say, well, I didn't have a good mom or I didn't have godly parents. Well, let it start with you. Let it start with you. Like my friend, she was like, I don't see mothers in this environment. So God, you've put me in this environment as a leader. I'm going to be a mother. And man, she really is. She really is. Let it start with you. You can be the beginning of that. If you don't have kids yet, I know some of you are young. Let that be something that you go after. Start praying even for your children now. I started praying for my kids before I even had them, before I was pregnant with them. I really did. As soon as I met Michael, I would start to say, I want this, and I thank you, God. To this day, my kids are young, but I say, I thank you, God, that they will be men and women of God. I thank you, Lord, that they will marry godly spouses. I thank you, Lord, that they will never do drugs or heavy alcohol or party or turn away from you. I speak that now into their life. And they're, they're, they're little, but I've been speaking that over them since they've been in the womb. I really have. And so has Michael. Our prayer changed everything. They change everything. So, yeah, let's just, if you want to, like, play for me, David. Yeah, and if we could just stand right now. This isn't, I'm not going to go longer than I need to. I'm not going to push something that God's not pushing. But I'm really asking you to open your heart tonight. Open your heart and just yield to the Lord. And know that if you yield to Jesus and give him your everything, he can change the entire world just through you. He can change destinies through you.
Maybe your gift is an encourager. Maybe that's, that's what you're really good at. Like that lady who came to Michael Miller and just said, good job. I'm so proud of you. Maybe that's what you start with. Maybe you start with something as simple as that. Like I'm just going to be someone who encourages people because I believe that my words will actually change their hearts. Maybe there's someone that doesn't feel very worthy or feel very loved. But maybe you just going and giving them a hug can change their entire day. So, yeah, Lord, we're asking you to touch us, Jesus. We're asking you, Jesus, to fill us afresh today. We don't want yesterday's encounter, God. We want something new. We want you to touch our life, God. Jesus, if we've grown cold, light us up again. If we've grown weary, God, give us strength, God. If we've given up, God, I'm asking that you'll give us the push we need to keep going. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just, just why don't you just start praying in the spirit. Yeah, I really feel like he's calling people with the heart of Mary. People with a heart that are just fully devoted and going after Jesus. That they're not looking to be known. They're not looking to have favor. They're looking just to be a friend of God. They're looking to sit at his feet and they're content with that. Yeah, he's looking for lovers. So yeah, God, you have my yes. You have my heart, Jesus. Raise up women, Jesus, that will not compromise, God. That will live pure and holy lives, Jesus. Yielded to you, God. Yielded to you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, God. Thank you, God. Jesus, yeah, if you're feeling in your heart that you just want to, and this is for men and women, just kind of rededicate your life and give them your everything, that you're like, I don't want to play games. I don't want to live, live lukewarm. I don't want to live on yesterday's encounter. I want something fresh. I'm asking you to come down. Take that step of faith and come and sit at the feet of Jesus. Yeah, if you just want more, come down and just lay it all down to him. He'll touch you. Yeah, can I get the ministry team to come down to Allie? Yeah, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Jesus, yeah. Teach us to yield, Jesus. 
teach us to yield, Jesus. Teach us to trust you, Jesus. Jesus, show us our worth. Yeah, I really feel that there's, he's, there's some of you that he wants to show you how worthy you are of love. How worthy you are of love. Jesus, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for your faithfulness, God. Thank you for your faithfulness, Jesus. Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Yeah. You're coming down to the altar, not to be at an altar. You're coming down to meet with Jesus. It's about you and Jesus. So Jesus, we just give you everything, God. Jesus, make us go low, God. Low in our own eyes, Jesus. Take the heaviness, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, take the heaviness, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, River, God's telling me you're like a Mary. So, Jesus, ignite that in River's heart, God, even more. Jesus, Holy Spirit, begin to encounter her every day. Oh, Jesus, I thank you, Father, for her heart, her heart that knows you. Increase the love, Jesus. Increase it in Jesus' name. Yeah. Thank you for River, God, that she lives a life fully devoted to you, Jesus. And I thank you, God, her devotion will spark a fire in others, Jesus. Will spark a fire in others in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, God. Jesus, thank you. Is there anyone that was in here that had an issue with childbearing Like we were talking about? I want to pray for you that you just have issues. You've had miscarriages, you infertility, anything like that. If that's you, would you come down here? If it's not, it could be somebody watching online. But if you had any issues with pregnancy at all. All right, well, let's just pray. There's obviously somebody God wants to touch with that. So, Lord, I just thank you that you're opening up the barren wombs, God. That you're opening up the barren wombs, Jesus. And you're healing your children, Father. And they will be fruitful and multiply, Jesus, like your word says. And there'll be no issues of any kind. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, is that you? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, heal her womb in Jesus' name. I thank you, Jesus, Lord, for filling her afresh, Jesus. That whatever these issues are, Father, is it with infertility? Lord, can I touch her stomach? Yeah. So, Lord, right now, we speak life in Jesus' name. Come on, agree with me. We speak life in the name of Jesus. Life to your womb in Jesus' name. Be fruitful and multiply in the name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you for your daughter, Jesus. Cover her with your blood in Jesus' name. 
I thank you, God, for healthy children, God. Healthy children. Could you not get pregnant? Could you not? Speak out your baby's name right now and thank the Lord for your baby. Isaac. Lord, we come on. Agree with me. Thank you for Isaac in the name of Jesus. I thank you for Isaac in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that she'll get pregnant right away, Jesus. And this will not be a barren womb anymore in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Isaac. We thank you for Isaac in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Isaac's going to be a child of God. A child of God that knows your voice. We say be fruitful and multiply in Jesus' name. Womb come alive in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I think we're going to hear a testimony about little Isaac soon, right? I can't tell you how many stories. Uh, See, that's faith. That's faith right there. Yeah. So let's just keep loving on Jesus just a little bit longer. Jesus, we thank you. Yeah, Jesus. I would say this prayer for me too. But Jesus, make us more like you. Make us more like you, Jesus. We want to encounter you in a deeper way, God. We want more of you, Jesus. We want to be hungry for you, Jesus. Will you soften our hearts, God? Will you soften our hearts, Jesus? And break down every wall that we've placed, Jesus. Just break it down. Completely destroy it, Jesus. And just come on in, God. Come on in. Come on in, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Jesus, yeah. We thank you, God, for the encounter, Jesus. The new encounters, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That you're looking for a bride, Jesus. A bride, Jesus. Yeah. I just heard God say, I just want their yes. That's all I need is their yes. So God, we give you our yes. We give it to you today. We'll give it to you tomorrow. We'll give it to you next year. We'll give it to you the year after that. God, you'll always have our yes, Jesus. Holy Spirit, don't let the fire burn out, God. Keep us hungry. Jesus, we love you. We love you, Jesus. Just tell him you love him. He loves to hear it. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness, Jesus. Jesus, thank you. You don't have to come forward, but if there's anyone here that has a bad relationship with your mother, 
and you're praying for God to restore it, I just want you just to say this prayer. Say, Lord, thank you for healing my relationship with my mother. Yeah, God, restore families, Jesus. Restore families, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. going to have the, the team down here. If you still need prayer, you can come up, but we're going to maybe do a song in worship so I can have Janae and River come up. But I want to just leave you with this. Just keep going after Jesus. Just obey. That's all you have to do. It's just not more complicated than that. Just keep obeying him and just give him your yes and he can change the entire world through your yes. Just one yielded vessel. That's all he needs. Man or woman, child or adult. It doesn't matter who you are. He's just looking for your faithfulness. That's it. And when you give him that, he can change and shift everything. 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 Like, I wasn't supposed to be here doing this. I wasn't supposed. This was not how my life was going. It was going the complete opposite way. But there were people that believed in me and people that spoke life into me when all I could see was darkness. And here I am serving God. Because all you have to do is just believe and trust. And he can change everything in a moment. It doesn't take this long out. It doesn't take a process. It's in a moment. In a moment. And you don't have to look back. You don't have to keep doing those things that you did before. You don't have to live in darkness anymore. It just takes one yes, one moment. And you don't ever have to look back. Like Lot's wife, she kept, she looked back, but she was supposed to keep looking forward. If you look back, those old ways slowly creep back into you. But you have to keep looking forward and keep going no matter what. Just keep walking, keep going, keep trusting, keep yielding. And he's always by your side. He never leaves never leaves you. Even at times when you've turned your heart away from him, when you go back towards him, he's always there. So just keep trusting. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.